Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and today more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. If you heard about a large-scale contractor for good, wouldn't your ears perk up? Well, certainly mine did when this press release came across my desk only about three weeks ago. It was about the joining together of social impact powerhouses, good worldwide, upworthy, and net impact. They were coming together to launch the Good Institute. And for those of my listeners who have been following the theme of the last few months, it's about embedding purpose internally in a company, as well as externally in a community, in a region, in society, and overall the world. Well, this powerhouse alliance is being called a general contractor for social good. I love it. And that's because these are two wonderfully complementary organizations. If you take Good Worldwide and you take its social media megaphone, they reach over 100 million people a month. Now take Net Impact. They have chapters. They're at 98% of the top MBA schools around the world. They're in 40 countries. Right now, they have about 160,000 active members and many, many, many alumni. And they are people who are passionate about purpose and who want careers in purpose, want to make an impact. And so if you are a company or an organization that needs a megaphone, that needs feet on the street, this new Good Institute is something to pay attention to. So join me as I have a conversation with Peter Lupoff, the CEO of Net Impact, and Max Shore, the CEO of Good Worldwide, to hear about why they came together, what they're going to do, and how they can benefit your organization. So join me. It's a great conversation. So both Peter and Max, I'd love for both of you, one at a time, please, to share your personal purpose and what led you to your roles at Net Impact and Good. So Peter, why don't we start with you? Because you have a very interesting background. They put enough miles on and you you, <laughs> you have many different, <laughs> different roads that you travel down. And uh, I started as what might be called a traditional investor. I was uh, an asset manager, uh, Wall Street guy. It, traditional in the sense that that 
social or environmental responsibility wasn't part of the strategy. But over time, I got to a place where uh, I realized that every dollar invested had impact and uh, eventually wound down my asset manager, a, a firm that I had started and run for about a decade, uh, formed a family office for 100% impact and began teaching uh, first at Yale School of Management, impact investing, and then at Fordham's Gabelli School of Business. And I think it was working with those two chapters that uh, when that impact went out for a search to look for a new CEO, my name came up and I realized that I was on sort of, I thought I knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> that impact gives me a chance to move from a couple of hundred students at campus to 160,000 around the world. And, and, um, aligns with my personal purpose. And I love your background. It's just perfect for net impact and where it's going. So excellent, great selection. So we're going to learn more. So Max, tell us some more about your background and good worldwide. Thanks, Carol. Uh, great to be here. I think back to growing up in the 80s and 90s and sort of opening my eyes. I remember, you know, when I was downtown with my friends in middle school, we would use a payphone um, to get picked up. And then in high school, we kind of had this internet thing starting to pop up by college. It was essential. Everyone had a cell phone. And this sort of coming of age as the internet came of age and as connectivity on that level came of age. Another part of the story is, you know, having grandparents who were, you know, active in the community, who were teachers or community doctors. And, and then I had a mentor when I was in high school who was a South African freedom fighter. And as a 16-year-old, I got to go to South Africa. And it was the year after the new constitution and Mandela had just been elected president. And there was this sense of tangible change is possible. And it's possible here and now, and also that it's needed. I think in high school, also, one of my best friends was Ben Goldhirsch. And we together, uh, through this mentor of ours, Temba Makubela, this amazing um, South African leader who's now um, a great educator, um, we had this feeling that doing good was cool. And then as we started to kind of go out into the world, it's kind of like, wait, no, doing good is actually made fun of. Doing good is seen as soft. Doing good is weak. And there was this disconnect between, uh, I think, what truly was cool, which is doing good, and what society was was thinking was cool. And so in college, um, you know, and this is why I'm so thrilled about the alliance with Net Impact, we sort of were seeing all of these issues in the world and, you know, it's, it's happening today. So I remember in college, you're saying, you know, how can I make a living and make a contribution? And that was the question. That was the essential task at hand. And that's why I love partnering with Net Impact. But anyhow, so part of my purpose is to make a contribution, to be present uh, for my life, to keep my eyes open and to make a contribution. That, that's that's great. What year did you go to South Africa? I'm just curious. I went to South Africa in 1997, I believe. Wow. that, that Amazing that you were there um, when a year after Mandela was freed. It must have been palpable in terms of the energy. It was amazing. Peter, talk a little bit about net impact, because those of us in the the social action world um, and purpose world know net impact well, but enough people don't. And, you know, when I was on the board, I was always trying to bring in more companies and to get more communication. And I know that you're going to do that. But just, you know, briefly, who is net impact? 
Net Impact is uh, about to celebrate its 30 years of existence. We're a year off from that and we're planning big for that. Net Impact is a roughly 160,000 current member network of emerging leaders. Uh, with our organization has a mission to inspire and equip them for a just and sustainable world. Over the last two years, we've modified that uh, mission statement to add the third action word, activate, because we're in a very dynamic time. And we're finding not only do our, our network of students and, and young professionals want activations that are you know, demonstrable, but our, our partners, our corporate partners and foundations do as well. In fact, um, we do the work we do through, um, through challenges, uh, case competitions, fellowships, and other kinds of activations. We've done an annual conference now for every year of existence. Uh, last year, we ran 10 events under the theme Reimagining Capitalism, and that's rolled into this year, the theme uh, A Regenerative Economy, Reimagined Capitalism for People and Planet. And I would like to suggest to our listeners, it's a great conference. It is the energy there with the uh, students, the MBAs, and you're also having undergrads. It's just great. Um, I've given many panels and such there. And it's just if you if you can go to one, please go to one. And if you can support one via company partnership, please do that. So now, Max, uh, tell us about um, Good and, you know, your mission and your services. Good is a social impact media company founded uh, in 2005-2006, originally with Good Magazine and the community that built around that. Um, and now we joined forces with Upworthy in 2017, uh, which is the largest social good megaphone um, and, and a powerhouse on social media. And we initially, our, our first stakeholder is people who give a damn. We reach people who are interested in being a part of social good. Uh, the good brand is really stands for the intersection of what's good for you and what's good for the world. And then Upworthy is focused around lifting up the best in humanity. And it has this belief that we're all part of the same story. And so together we have now 15 years of engaging people who give a damn. We're reaching any given week over 10 million people. And, um, it's just incredible. And so our mission is to bring people together as a force for good. And as we've been doing that, companies came to us. So, you know, Howard Schultz, when he was becoming the CEO of Starbucks again, visited our offices right as we were starting, said, I love what you're doing, you know, and then, and then we also helped him bring purpose into Starbucks for a decade. Um, and then Google, we helped do the, you know, first social, uh, first Google doodle for social good. And these companies were saying, we don't just want to advertise. We want you to take your DNA of good and bring it into our company. And so, you know, we've we've been practitioners in that space for 15 years and we love it and feel like what's so important is that I think when we started good, our dream, which we thought was a real David and Goliath bringing a slingshot to a war with machine guns was that the sensibility of giving a damn would become the dominant sensibility in society. But after 15 years, we've been in the trenches and, you know, I have so much respect for you, Carol, and you've been, um, you know, on these battle lines for a long time. Um, <laughs> a long so time. You, you have a lot of stories. But the thing that's so amazing about joining forces with Net Impact is that it's an ongoing stream of next generation leaders. 
And we feel that the idealism and the conviction and the belief uh, that young people have is so essential for the movement. And so the idea that we could join forces um, with such an ally is thrilling. What we're calling our, our social impact alliance makes so much sense because if we are both interested in and believe this is an inexorable move in the direction of good and people can drive that, people being perhaps the most functional, the different constituents that we deal with uh, in, 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 in life, then um, the idea that we have the work we do, the on the onset of a next gen that are looking to make difference. Mark Albion, who founded Net Impact nearly 30 years ago, had a very simple notion that business could be a force for good and students shouldn't sacrifice values for a paycheck. Uh, I love the fact you brought up Mark Albion. He, he was a friend of mine forever. He actually lived in the town next door to me in Massachusetts and uh, watched his kids growing up and, and saw all his books and such. So he was really one of the pioneers with me. So Okay, so we've already talked about there's an alliance that is that you just announced. Who made the first move? So who had the vision? And then can you both talk a little bit about what was the dance like? I've come to know the people at Good, Max and, and Kevin Thompson. Some is we've worked on this a lot for a, a little bit over a year. And I think, you know, there is the excitement in these things that, you know, when... You know, it's almost like dating where you see some magic right away. And <laughs> and it's probably really, if you're thinking long term, it's really good to get to know each other well. When I joined about two and a half years ago, I, I said to the board and the board chose me because they realized they wanted to kind of move to a next generation and to harmonize the brand with where the, the conversation was going to be at that vanguard. And I thought that, that you know, there are all these great mission aligned organizations that we could work with, uh, whether they're joint ventures or they're just project bases or there's something more material and immediately reached out to all of them, all of them, the logical uh, suspects. But uh, I was introduced to uh, Good Worldwide and uh, we began those conversations and very quickly came to realize that there was this common origin story that we we had, uh, you know, that that in 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 goods, B Corp resolutions were wired greater, more disciplined statements about their organizational objectives to do good. I won't tell all of Max's stories, but Max has a good origin story that involves a Net Impact conference. Kevin was a was a Net Impact member, so there's there's a lot in our shared DNA that made it very very easy. And then we just did the hard meticulous work of. I think we both came to the conclusion this makes a lot of sense. Our next-gen engagement, their mission, uh, and, and, and their ability to amplify the messaging, our mutual connection to very similar funding partners. So, Max, Peter was dating a lot. Uh, so I hope that I hope he didn't mind that he was kind of checking out, you know, who he could like partner with. But then it it got together. So how would you would you like to amplify any part of it? Because I, I want to jump into like what you do. As we came across Peter and Jess Student and their amazing leadership team, I think at one point, you know, it just sounded like we were finishing each other's sentences. And Jess Student gave us a presentation. And we we're like, this is our language. This is their language. 
And I think, you know, something that you, a quest you've been on, Carol, for, for a while and, and, and we've been on is this idea of proving once and for all that good business is good business. We believe it fundamentally that good business is good business, but we're still, um, you know, helping society make that case. And sometimes it feels like we're going downhill and sometimes it feels like we're going uphill. But as soon as we started talking with the net impact team, it felt like we are going to be in better shape on this hill together and that we have a better chance of realizing this mission. Okay, super. So we have the origin story. There was a lot of dating. There was a lot of sharing of mission statements and B Corp principles and such um, and guidelines, but you got together. So now you have the Good Institute. So what does the Good Institute do and why should our listeners care and engage? The Good Institute and Net Impact are effectively affiliate brands of the nonprofit under a nonprofit umbrella. Through the Social Impact Alliance, Good Worldwide, we have enormous muscularity and have the opportunity to be this large general contractor for good. We have a dual mission of also uh, hastening change through putting our emerging leaders in positions where they can affect change again around a world with the vexing problems, not of their own creation, but surely that they inherit. I think that Good Institute is moving in that kind of direction to to nudge the narrative in the direction that hastens change. And that impact is utilizing next gen in order to uh, realize that hasten change. I love you keep saying nudge, nudge, nudge. So let's get really specific. So you launched with a piece of research. And you interviewed Gen Pop and you also interviewed 159 or you had a cohort of 159 leaders, business leaders. Max, can you talk a little bit about the key findings of that research? And Peter, I love the fact that you're talking about it's research that because there's look, I did 30 pieces of research. Everybody does research now. It's kind of like it's news of the day and then somebody passes on. How are you going to find and what have you found that is open position that you're going to utilize and keep moving it forward? Because that's what we need. We, we need to get past the early adopters in business and the mass middle. That's what we are with the mass middle. So, Max, talk about the about the uh, the results of the first survey. And I think what's really fun is the idea of being able to pulse business leaders, being able to pulse next generation on campus all around the country. And then through Upworthy and Good, being able to pull, uh, you know, pulse the engaged public and social media in real time, essentially. One of the issues that I feel is fascinating and I think is is a signature issue as we start um, the Good Institute is this idea... um, I'm optimistic about business making a positive impact on important social issues. I think the idea that 77% of business leaders agreed um, or strongly agreed, whereas the general public was more at a 50-50 place. And it was just really interesting where right now the public is so open to businesses stepping up and contributing, but they're also kind of jaded. And I think it's one of the reasons why we set up the Good Institute is how do you build that trust um, in the general public 
to really believe that business can play a positive role in our society. And then what's what's also interesting is that I am optimistic about government making a positive impact on important social issues. Um, both business leaders and the general public uh, disagreed more. They're more cynical in government. They believe business can be more of a force for change. And it's a question of how do we build more trust, build better examples, and ultimately help pave the way for where uh, business not just can be a force for good, but is universally recognized as such. Yeah, I was fascinated that um, of your business leaders, 60% said they were willing to change careers versus the gen pop, which was 38%. So um, of, I'm just curious, of the business leaders you interviewed, I assume, were they all net impact members or were they both in business and net impact members? Net impact was how we did this, um, this survey um, for business leaders. And it was also fascinating to see that 23% were, were, would consider running for office which wasn't something I expected. So this is your first piece of research. So can you give our listeners, because I'm assuming, would you want some of this research to be funded by partners, such as corporate partners or foundations, so that you can do more robust research? Because I want to get you some partners here. Net impact is also something of a mirror in terms of its work, mirroring both what its funding partners and its network, where the conversation is and where we have the prospect for big wins is that intersection of interest. And it, that intersection is getting bigger and bigger. Good Institute, on the other hand, is at the frontier of that, nudging the conversation where it may positively go. So the more research we do at the Good Institute level can start to shape initiatives that are deeper and are founded on on research that give us a greater forethought of where we can take this. Can you talk at all about, even at a high level, the type of additional research you want to do so our listeners can go, oh, that's something I really, I'm, I got to get on the phone with Max or Peter. So can you just give us a little foreshadow of what it might be? One of the things we're really excited about is with Upworthy, we have billions of data points around how do you communicate about basically any issue. And we've been blown away over the years by how very similar types of communications can either perform incredibly poorly or be ubiquitous. I think it's just an amazing resource to be able to, what we're calling Upworthy Insights, can look back at the historical database around what engages, but then we can also do real-time insights around what engages right now in this moment. And I think that's hugely valuable for basically anyone who's looking to engage around purpose right now. I think the idea of being able to combine some of the most sophisticated research um, with next generation perspective, with uh, real time and historical what works in terms of digital communication uh, puts us in a very interesting place. I love that because um, obviously we've been doing the work since 1983, which is a long time. There's great, great work out there, but people don't know about it. 
You know, gen pop doesn't know about it unless they're really in the center. And so the more that you together through the Good Institute and various partners can have webinars and conferences and really drill down into what are the communications messaging, vehicles, frequency, what is, because purchased is a big part of the world now. It is just what you have to do. So what can you do for earned? What can you do for purchased? What can you do to amplify via net impact members per se? That would be so valuable. So I'll raise both hands and say, I will share any of that um, with our listeners. I'm happy to help you out at all. But that is needed so much. Um, the work is getting better and better because so many net impact members, think about those 160,000 Peter are out there who are in jobs and who truly bring integrity and their empathy to their job in terms of wanting to do good and do well uh, to grow the business and society. So I am all for that. Now, you've done work in the past with Best Buy, 3M and Starbucks. Yeah, that was upworthy. And I, you know, I think Really fun case studies in the past, um, you know, with issues that that came up in the survey. So climate change was was first and foremost. And there, um, you know, we we have some great case studies. So we partnered with the United Nations and we developed Earth to Paris, which was the uh, signature public engagement campaign of the Paris Agreement. And then we also helped them with the Youth Climate Summit. And we're talking about how can we work in an always-on way to engage around this issue because it's just becoming um, on the borderline of overwhelming, um, if not for many people, completely overwhelming. And at the same time, we're still in a, a window when we can take action and avert the worst of it. And uh, Peter has created a great partnership uh, with a group out of MIT that's called Climate Interactive. And they have a beautiful workshop that helps you look at how do you make sure that we get um, below 1.5 degrees or two, two degrees. And it's quite daunting, but it's very helpful to do the exercise and uh, with, with mathematics and scientific really understand what needs to be done. And so we are definitely looking for partners um, who don't just want sound bites, but who want to actually create real change on this issue. And we're going to be doing that. Um, another one is is equity and inclusion. And so, you know, Upworthy was the exclusive partner of the Ad Council when we launched Love Has No Labels. And that was, um, you know, such an iconic PSA. And it, it came out just three months before the Supreme Court ruled for same-sex marriage and marriage equality. And now we find ourselves in a time where there's so much divisiveness and so, you know, Peter's doing amazing work. Um, they have a Black Professionals chapter, and they're building out a whole Jedi Alliance. And we are doing a lot of work on that front as well. Um, and I, I think connection, hope, unity is sort of signature to Upworthy. And if you go on Upworthy's Instagram, if you're having a bad day and you go there, um, you will be reminded of the best of humanity. You will laugh. And I think we feel really um, like this is an important moment, not just to provide some uplifting narrative to people, but also to provide some unity. And what's incredible about the people who Upworthy reaches is, is they do span the political spectrum. And so we see that as a very important, that was a huge um, shared uh, connection with Net Impact as well as that we both do not want to be divided by 
partisan lines. We do not want to be divided by different perspectives or ideologies. We really want to bring people together as a force for good. I think that this is kind of where our work is going is to sort of how do we help people have and assert the agency that is their birthright by social contract. Excellent. I love the way you put that. So towards that end, and I really appreciate the fact that it's action, action, action. They are inspired, Peter. Absolutely. What about measurement? Because I know you've got early adopters, C-suite. I get it. I don't really need the measurement. But, you know, you've got the majority who says, I need to know if I'm going to invest. And significant dollars, by the way, listeners, this is not $100,000. This is millions of dollars that you need to carve out from your ad budget. And by the way, um, you know, I just saw an ad age, a 30-second spot for the Super Bowl is $6.5 million before production. Before production. And if you go for a minute, it's going to be, you'll probably negotiate it to like 12 million and then you'll produce it for another, whatever, three or four million. Imagine what you can do with a portion of that. So I challenge all of our listeners, you've got to reallocate your budgets because this is no longer a nice to do. This is about embedding social impact into your business for recruiting and retention, the most important thing, and then to cascade out to all your stakeholders. So with that, that was my little commercial. Thank you. Um, that Max, talk to us and then Peter about measurement. Um, is it traditional measurement? What are your partners asking for so that they can make the case for greater budget and greater impact? Bringing just measurement obsession through the organization has definitely been something we've been doing. And so whether we are designing for a partnership or measuring the outcomes of the partnership, that's woven all the way through. And we have a wonderful data team. Um, we have on the media side, there's, there's sort of standard engagement, brand metrics. Um, and then we also do custom measurement studies as well. And, but it is an obsession of ours, and it's it's actually um, one of the next strategic alliances we're const we're currently um, flirting with is because we want to take it that one next step further of where social impact and business performance come together. Well, uh, you know, as since you are a think tank, um, the more that you can discuss this and both soft and hard and go beyond net promoter scores and things like that, it would be really, really helpful. And also you should take a look at um, Sustainable Brands has an entire conference on measurement. And so I think that since you're talking about measurement, that's something you might want to put into your net infra impact conferences and others. Anything special? that your partners are asking for besides the basics on measurement? Yes, I'd, I think that in the last year and a half, we've, we've witnessed this desire for measurement around the activation. That's the part that I think, is, uh, you know, for those that are on not, not seeing us visually, I'm using fingers as antenna on my forehead. This is something I do immediately that we need to be sort of market sensing for where things are going. And it, it is a, I think the opportunity when we see the evolution in the partner say that they would like to understand what social environmental impact comes from the activation. That's an awesome thing. Now around all impact or around a lot of impact being an impact investor as well. Um, it's largely anecdotal and storytelling. Uh, and it, it is just simply 
factual. There can be, you know, KPIs around the number of people reached, the demographics of those people. But then a lot of it is the storytelling on around the actual impact. So I think wiring the work we do to be mindful of, like to be calibrated to the way the world works is important. And the way the world works is that we are trying to do well by doing good. Businesses are trying to do well by doing good. They have to, they have to serve more than one mission here. And financial return, uh, along with social environmental impact, is what they're trying to accomplish. So we need to be mindful of that in the way in which we present as well. And Carol, I also want to recognize you. Of, you know, I, I can remember when we were starting Good Magazine, like seeing a kind of a missive come through email that was, you know, Cone Communications research on on brand leaders. And I know you've been um, in the trenches of this research for a long time. And I think one of the gaps is the difference between long termism and short termism. And I think you probably know so many business leaders. We know so many business leaders who desperately want to do this social good work. And the question is, how do they cross the chasm of what makes sense for the long term and what makes sense in the short term? And so we have some of that research we're developing right now. We want to work with others. To your point, we want to open source this and make it as compelling as possible because um, unfortunately, too often we do get people coming to us wanting to do things that make tremendous sense long-term, but needing immediate results. Well, that, that's really, really great. We don't have that much more time, but I want to get into what is your both of your long-term visions for the Institute? I would hope that we become a formidable part of the landscape in uh, the ideas around how business and community can drive social environmental good uh, that will manifest from the think tank work we might do, the consultative work we do, and eventually as a function of that, the ways that we might collaborate with Good Worldwide and Upworthy or Net Impact or any other of the various arrows in the quiver that Good Institute as an umbrella nonprofit may have. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not forecasting future consolidation in the space, but I really believe in it. And, and I think Max uh, does as well. We've shared the idea that, you know, if we found mission aligned initiatives that they might uh, come up under the Good Institute umbrella. Aha. Uh-huh. Max? I think of the arc of and you you transcend this art, Carol. Um, I'm doing everything I can to transcend it, and my goal is that everybody who goes on the journey transcends it. Is that there's this sort of pattern that people are idealistic when they're young, and then they become cynical and jaded by the time they're old. And I feel like um, one of my goals for for the Good Institute, everything Peter just said, yes, 100. Um, percent But also that these amazing net impact chapters and these next generation leaders don't believe they can change the world when they're in college and business school and then go out and try and end up feeling jaded and this, but that we actually, um, I, I can't even explain how much I've learned in the last 15 years and, and how many great uh, fellow practitioners like yourselves there, Carol, how do we share everything we've learned uh, with the next generation so that they can not just stand on our shoulders, but that they can reach the sky. And I think the Good Institute has a chance to really 
build on all these learnings and make it so that we're not um, just continuing to scratch the service, but we're actually getting to breakthrough um, and lasting change. No, I love that. And and since you have the mic, I would love both of you to give one or two key insights to a listener. And I'm going to say a listener who is a business. I'm going to focus this one, not, not a net impact potential member or such, but a business. What would you like to share with them about impactful um, work um, that's going to do well and do good? I think I mentioned earlier that it feels like one in every two or three calls we have with our uh, prospective or existing partners, the talent is front and center. So that is a today event, right? We have, as you mentioned, Carol, a, a great jobs board, but more importantly, we we pull together our community regularly for events and we communicate regularly uh, with our chapter leaders. Um, corporates have access to, businesses have access to our emerging leaders. They're sort of like mind and of the belief that business can be a force for good. Uh, they're sort of the right candidates to be in a position if business embraces the notion of stakeholder capitalism, caring as much uh, about current existing employees, consumers, the communities where they operate as they do with shareholders. Um, you're going to want this community in your workplace. You also want to amplify your messaging into this community because this is the community that, again, are your current or future employees, your con your consumers, the communities where you operate. And frankly, as mentioned, too, uh, $68 trillion changes hands intergenerationally to them over the next 20 years. They're predisposed to care how money is made. And so they're also your shareholders. So 160000 a million going back over 29 uh, years going on 30. This is a really influential community for the prospect of jobs, consumption, and investment. And we can amplify messaging with our partners of Good Worldwide into that community and through activations we might do with that community. Max. Believe. I'm just like, I see the Ted Lasso <laughs> sign. I love that. I, yes. think, I think what's fun about Believe is uh, to, to Peter's point, talent is so important. You've got all the different stakeholders matter. And there's a question of, do they believe in you with your purpose? And do you believe in yourself? And belief is one part inspiration and it's one part results. You know, nowadays people actually need to see it working to continue that belief. And I think, um, you know, you really got to get your own people to believe in it. And I think some of the best initiatives we've done haven't gone about being employee engagement programs, but they've broken the records for employee engagement because, you know, a purpose well-realized is exciting. I think another one is that purpose is essential, but it's not sufficient. And you need to be very strategic about your purpose. Um, it's not just enough to activate your purpose or activate your purpose in a beautiful way. Um, you also need to really make sure that it's communicated effectively. And that's where I think the upworthy amplification is really excited, exciting, you know, reaching over 100 million people every month. And what we know when we get involved kind of on the front end is is this purpose upworthy or not? And, you know, like today we're, we're amplifying some beautiful work from Polestar and, you know, you see the Polestars and the Lucids and the Rivians and the Teslas and they're valued so much, um, not because of a combustion engine or oil, um, but because purpose is in the center of their business model. 
But really the question is, can you get that narrative to be upworthy? And then I think the last one is just be bold. Um, you know, I think we need to be inspired. You need to break through the noise and you need to really go for it. And of course, in order to do that and really be as bold as you need to be, you need to be strategic and there needs to be a strong business case. And, um, you know, that's why we're thrilled when partners come to us, um, because I think we've got the ability to design, uh, to work with net impact and activate locally and globally, and then to amplify. And, and I think what's so exciting is that, um, you know, the upworthy audience garners more love reactions than any community on social media. And so we've got this ripe audience that wants to champion it. Yeah, that's super. That's very, very well stated. Hey, I want to ask both of you, what about TikTok and social purpose? What do you guys think about that? Because there's good on TikTok and bad on TikTok. I'm just curious. Right, Max, you probably have a more informed view than me. I think TikTok has a huge potential for social good. I think anything that's next generation is really smart and people are spending their time on there. They're resonating. And so it's an area that um, we are working on, looking into and excited about the future for. And I know people there as well. Nick Trans, their head of marketing. He's a social good leader. No other people there. And they, they are very committed to social impact. I think they're a, um, there's a terrific opportunity for them um, to drive real change. Super. So you think, yes. So in closing, I always like to give our guests a final word. Is there something they've forgotten or you'd like to amplify before we close it down? It's been a great conversation. And I do hope that our listeners are going, I have to check this out. I got one thing and it, it, I hadn't thought about it until Max used the expression bold. We've been talking a lot about the idea that there is around this work of doing good uh, uh, to driving change, social or environmental change, that there's a certain grimness to that effort. And I, I hear it um, oftentimes in sort of more traditional uh, circles where there are um, people who have historically held that narrative. And I feel that it misses entirely where next gen is. Um, not only does it miss it, uh, but that sort of grimness or commitment to incrementalism misses the fact that our community is seeking urgency and exponential outcomes. And that what we must bring to that work is a sort of a sense of joy and fun that, you know, it isn't a grim process. It, you know, I hear many uh, punditry that have been, uh, you know, have miles on them like me saying that, uh, you know, that they've never been more pessimistic about things like that's not my take. That's not what I hear when I do my market sensing and listening to our community and our partners. There's real shot at it. And we're supposed to, as Ayanna Johnson, the environmentalist, wrote in her book and her title that we're supposed to save all we can save. You know, that we're supposed to not be trapped in denial or doomism and we're supposed to bring joy to the work. And so I think of that joy, uh, joy and boldness, Max's word, bold, you know, my word, joy. Need, this is the way we can be happy warriors to make uh, for better outcomes. And I just want to make a point, and it's just if any of you, any of our listeners know about the social robot duck we created for Aflac for kids with cancer. I mean, grim. Childhood cancer is grim. And also having a supplemental insurance in case you really get sick is grim. But we brought something by doing deep research, understanding what that child needs to go through over a thousand days of treatments. And it brought so much joy and optimism and hope to those little kids. So yes, to your point, you've got 
got to drill down. You've got to be strategic. You have to know the brand. You've got to know, um, you've got to know the stakeholder group. So yes, I absolutely. And I just want to make that point because it's one of the best things that I've ever done in my career. Last word to you, Max. Our vision at Good Worldwide is to create the biggest collaboration in human history for social good. And what does that mean? I love what Peter said about joy. I think about when I was just starting good, I met Keith Yamashita and he was really into this idea of the joy factor of when you're really doing this work, you know, tapping into that joy. And I think it's why I love this purpose work as much as when we started 15 years ago is because when you actually get on a real project with amazing clients, amazing teammates, um, there's a joy that I can't think of coming from anywhere else. Um, I'm going in a slightly different direction. I just want to bring up um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's new movie that he directed, Tick, Tick, Boom. It's about Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent but died right before it went. I feel the tick, tick, boom of the purpose. You know, how how long we'll be around, but it's tick, tick, boom. It's like, you know it, Carol. You know it, Peter. All the people in our community know it. The listeners know it. There has never been more opportunity to drive real change and real progress and well-being for people. And yet, we've just been brought to our knees by this pandemic. Uh, the, crisis, the climate crisis is threatening us. All this was we're we're you know our capital was 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 stormed this January, and so the the need for this work is greater than ever before. And tick tick boom, like the time really is going out because you've seen all the stats. We know the stats. Business can be a force for good. It absolutely can happen. It is happening, but we need to do it now and we need to do it fast. And we need to convince people that they can trust business and they can trust society. And that to Peter's point, we can have fun along the way too. It doesn't have to be a grim adventure. There you go. I thought that was a wonderful conclusion to this fantastic conversation. I would like to say to our listeners, acting you know, taking action, whether it's going to be work for, buy from, advocate for, even by the stock, in deference to you, Peter, in your past career, you have agency and that we must use this agency in a thoughtful way to truly advance the world and to address the challenges we have, and we can do it through business. So I want to thank you, Peter. I want to thank you, Max. Um, I want to say to our listeners that I always end with this question. You know, when I started this podcast three years ago, I said, you know, what is your purpose? And I now say, what is the power of your purpose? So join a net impact chapter, look at the Good Institute, um, write, act, Really, really get engaged because you do have the agency and um, we can, you know, yes, it's tick, tick, boom, um, but uh, we do have some time still left to act. So thank you so much. And for those of you listening, please go to your favorite place where you listen to your podcasts and please give us a review. We like these reviews because we want to get high in the rankings of business podcasts and social podcasts. And it's a joy for me to have this conversation. I'm so thrilled, Peter. I got to re-engage with my buds at Net Impact just for this moment. And Max, keep doing what you're doing and please say hi to Ben for me. I will. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. 